Yo, 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 what's good, everybody, what's good, what's good, what's good, what's happening, I'm back, I'm back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, welcome back, welcome back, I hope you guys are doing fine, doing well, I am doing fine myself, I'm coming from a different, uh, disclosed location, <laughs> but uh, I'm still here with you guys, I'm on a little trip, but I'm still here with you guys, like I said, I'm still gonna record for you guys, um, we got we still got some things we got a lot of things to tackle i'm gonna be i'm gonna be it's gonna be a lot of nfl today i'm just gonna tell you right off the bat it's gonna be some it's gonna be i got some nfl talk because i'm so so excited for the nfl season we're a we're a couple weeks literally a few weeks well let me not say that we're probably a month away from preseason football not a few weeks not a couple weeks but a month away. We're about a good month away from preseason football. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, college football is right around the corner. Uh, I know you, a lot of you guys, you know, really enjoyed, uh, you know, the you know the, the, the USC talk, um, you, you know, and them going to the Big Ten and so forth. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. But um, Baker Mayfield. Oh, we, I, I'm gonna start. Of course, I gotta start with Baker Mayfield. You know, you know how I give it up. But first and foremost, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. Like I said, I uh, hope you guys are ready to go on an audio adventure. Um, shouts out to everybody listening. Shouts out to all the first time listener. If you're a first time listener of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, shout out to you. Shouts out to all the regular listeners of the of this of this podcast. Uh, greatly appreciated. Couldn't do it without you guys for sure. So let's get in. Let's 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 get right into it. The 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 grist and the meat of things, right? So Baker Mayfield, as I expected, later as as many people expected the Browns finally move off of Baker Mayfield um it happened a little bit later than what I thought but they finally move off of Baker Mayfield um even despite Deshaun Watson legal troubles and his availability this year being very much in the air and in question the Browns move off of Baker um and they traded Baker to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth round pick um, and now that Panthers quarterback room is pretty deep now. <laughs> Obviously, you had Sam Donald. Uh, the Panthers, they drafted Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. And now you add Baker Mayfield. Um, honestly, I think I, I'm going to get into, like, the Carolina situation and dynamic. But I want to talk about uh, Baker and basically concluding his time in Cleveland. And I feel like I've done this before. But now that he's actually moved, I want to just conclude, and I want to tell you guys actually where Baker went wrong at. I want to tell you the misstep that Baker went wrong at. And you guys know I've been really, really critical on Baker or of Baker, but I'm going to really give you, in my opinion, I have have had some time to think about this, but the, the, the step that he took that I think was the wrong step uh, I'm 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 gonna talk about that right here right now. Uh, like I said, that Panthers quarterback room is very very much deep. It's very deep. Um, so you know, it, I, I would expect that it's gonna be a battle for the quarterback spot for the starting position. Uh, I would probably. It's funny because both guys were 
Uh, the, I think Darnold was the number three pick. Obviously, Baker was the number one pick in the same draft, a 2018 draft, if I'm not mistaken. I think a 2018 draft, 2017, whatever. 2018 draft, I think. Um, these guys were, these guys were, you know, 2017 draft, I think. These were the guys. These, these were the headliners. These were the, the, these were the first two quarterbacks taken, and it's kind of funny how both of their careers have gone. Where in terms of their their weaknesses and the questions and the critics of both of these guys, um, in terms of you know Baker, a lot of people talked about his immaturity, um, him being small and you know small and compact and so forth, and a lot of just Baker's cons and negatives kind of came to fruition and it got him out of Cleveland and the, and with Darnold uh, a lot of people questioned his slow release um he, he has a really slow deliberate release of throwing the football a lot of people questioned that a lot of people questioned Darnold's availability um and him being healthy and so forth uh and it, it, he's now ended up in Carolina um and you look at quarter, Carolina's quarterback situation over the last three years. This would be the third straight year where Carolina has like this is the this is like third Carolina's third straight year of going like with another bridge quarterback, not necessarily a long term starter, but like another bridge quarterback on top of another bridge quarterback. But let me tell you guys what Baker went wrong. And a lot of Baker's supporters, because. If you if you're a listener of my podcast, I wouldn't call myself a, a a Baker Mayfield supporter, right? I wouldn't call myself that. I'm not gonna, I'm just not gonna tell you that 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 lie. But a lot of his supporters coming out of Oklahoma, um, and going into the draft, they raved and they raved about the point in the fact that Baker was a likable friendly teammate and dudes wanted to play for him like a lot of people coming out when baker came out of o, uh, came out of o, ou a lot of people raved about the fact that baker is a dude's dudes he gets along with the receivers he's flashy enough to, he's flashy and funny enough and has enough swagger to get along with the receivers but he's also got a toughness and competitiveness about himself where he gets along with the with the offensive linemen and the running backs you know he 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 has he was kind of a jack all trades that that was what his supporters were stating coming out of OU because they were cuz as you guys know I pointed out some character flaws I thought Baker was a little immature I thought Baker was a little cocky I thought I thought Baker was a little braggadocious you know I thought I thought a lot of things about Baker and um, it kind of my thoughts and and a lot of people's critiques about Baker, like I as I've already stated, kind of came to fruition. But Baker's supporters, his supporters coming out of OU, he's a dude's dude. Dudes love playing for him. Dudes, they play for Baker. They they love playing with Baker. That was. And that was that was the truth at OU. That was that was the truth at at OU, and that's what his supporters rolled by and stood by. But 
and even his his first couple his first year in Cleveland that was still the narrative around Baker. He's a dude's dude. He get along. He he got enough swag and enough confidence to get along with the skill position players, but he also got enough toughness and competitive juices to get along with the offensive linemen. But that quickly that ner- that narrative quickly dispelled and was changed and flipped. And here it is. Uh I'm going to pull it up, but uh, according to an article in in The Athletic, um, Baker was seen, his time in Cleveland, Baker was seen as childish and immature. He often annoyed teammates, divided the locker room, and very much difficult to coach. That was a paraphrase, but that's what the article really highlighted um, in his stint in Cleveland, where he was difficult, he was seen as immature, childish, um, you know, he, he he annoyed teammates. And like I said, at OU, that was the complete opposite. Dudes were playing for Baker. Dudes love playing with Baker. And I think that's where Baker Mayfield went wrong. Baker, ne- Baker didn't necessarily have all of the – he didn't have the measurables in terms of, you know, the frame and the bo- – like he didn't, ha- he didn't have Josh Allen's body. He didn't have Patrick Mahomes' arm talent. He didn't have all that going for him. Ba- the, the Baker's biggest, his biggest things, his plus were his plus coming out of OU were his accuracy, and boy, he's a dude's dudes. Dudes love playing for him. Dudes love playing for Baker. No matter what the media said, because the media thought what they thought. Like myself, I thought what I thought about Baker. Like I said, I thought he was a bit immature and childish. At times, it it, it very much showed at OU, but. Play, his teammates love playing for him. But there's something to be said where in Cleveland, his flair and his swagger turned into all about Baker. It turned to it turned into all about Baker. It's all about Baker. And that is what I worried, and that is why I I I, I had caution. I talked about Baker. In terms of his on-the-field play, I talked about how doesn't have the biggest arm. He doesn't. He's not going to wow you with his athleticism. Not going to. Not going to do any of those things. Accurate. He's an accurate passer of the football. At least he was. He was at least. But I, I told you guys, I didn't like the intangibles. I didn't. I didn't like the intangibles. I thought you guys, time and time and time again, I talked about Baker and his immaturity. I talked about how he was childish. And I talked about, hey, I'm like, it's turned into all about Baker. The commercials, the progressive, the Hulu commercials. It turned all it turned it all all of that turned all into Baker. It was it was the Baker Mayfield show. It was all about Baker Mayfield. And like I said, he he Time and time again, his time in Cleveland, finger pointing, you know, calling out the media, media blaming, calling, I mean, calling out everybody, even calling out teammates. And it came to a point where, and it comes to a point, and what I have learned with just talking to different individuals and so forth, one thing you know, like players know when a player can play. 
Like, dudes know when a player can play. And dudes know when a player can't play. And dudes know where certain guys get a lot of attention, but they really, they really don't deserve it. Like, players start to recognize that, and players know who can play, and players know who can't play. And players know who deserves the recognition, who deserves this type of promotion. And like, like, I, like I said, Baker, well, all the commercials, I talked about it. I talked about it time and time again. Baker, I see him all these commercials, all these commercials. His average win total is six games. As a career starter in the NFL, his average win total is six games. But, hey, people saying Baker's marketable. He's fun. Okay. Okay. But he's 29 and 30 as a starting quarterback. I can go through his win totals season by season. Six wins his first year. Six wins his second year. 11 wins his his third year. That was the that was the year where he had the highest rated offensive line. He had two thousand. He had damn near two thousand yard running backs beside him. He also he also had a really good. He had a like that was Cleveland's best team that year. Like that was Cleveland's best team. Twenty twenty was Cleveland's best team. Kevin Stefanski's first year. That that inside zone zone you know zone running scheme. It worked effectively for Cleveland. And Baker, that was that's by far his best year as a starting quarterback in the NFL. But then this past year, he went six wins again. So his average win total throughout his career is, is six wins. Like that, that that's the constant. Six wins. Six wins, six wins, eleven wins, six wins this past year. And like I said, dudes know when guys can't play. And Baker lost his grace. Baker's saving grace was his own teammates wanting to play for him. But once he lost that in Cleveland, he was done. It's one thing to be blasted by the media, to be called out by the media. But you know how certain when players get called out by the media, by the media, but then their teammates come to back them up and like, nah, like the guy can play. Player, you know, players, you know how players sometimes have their, you know, certain players back. Like, no, he can play. Nah, he can play. Yeah, he 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 has a little bit going on, but he can play. Nobody ever said that about Baker. <laughs> Nobody, no Cleveland player ever said that about Baker. You know, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. When you come for a team's quarterback and the quarterback can play, you know what their teammates usually say? Nah, that dude. Nah, that's that's our quarterback. That's our guy. That that that's our guy. Nobody ever said that about Baker. Even when the whole OBJ dispute was going on, when OBJ, when o, when Odell Beckham's dad released the tape and released the video of Baker just missing throws, missing reads, no Cleveland player came out and said, "Nah, that's our guy." No, no, Baker's talented. That's our guy. No, 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 no. That never happened. That never happened. And that should tell you all you need to know. And as a quarterback in this league, 
when you don't have when your players when your teammates stop playing for you when when your teammates don't play for you it's over you can't fool players you can fool you know ownership whatever coaching whatever the media like i said media you can you can push back on the media you can push back on everything else but when your play when your own teammates don't play for you it's over especially as a quarterback when your own teammates don't come don't come to your defense it's over it's over it's over baker is his time in cleveland baker was viewed as immature and that's just going to carry on to carolina even before before this trade even went down between carolina and cleveland Robbie Anderson, he tweeted out, no, when when the, when there was discussion about the possibility of Baker being traded, Robbie Anderson clearly showed how he felt. He didn't want Baker. When Baker got traded, he cleared it up and was like, nah, you know, we, he, 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 he tried to clear it up at least. But he said what he said. His feelings was heard. His feelings was heard initially. He said no. He didn't want he didn't want Carolina to trade for Baker. That tells you all you need to know. And then last year, looking back at last year, because I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, Isaiah, he played hurt. His his left shoulder, he played hurt." I give you that. I do think the injury thing is a bit overplayed. I do think it's a bit overstated. But I give you that. Yeah, he he was hurt. Yeah, his shoulder affected him. Yeah, he played hurt. But but granted, it it was his left shoulder. But I give you that. But it wasn't like Baker was making the right reads and the throws were short. No, 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 no. It wasn't like Baker was making the right reads. You know, it wasn't like he was picking through coverages and just the throws were short. No, 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 no. He was making the wrong reads, and the throws were short as well. He was struggling reading defenses and also making the right reads, not making the right reads, excuse me, and the throws were just short, and the throws were inaccurate. Baker's always tried to use his legs, but never been the greatest athlete. Baker's always tried to make certain throws but clearly doesn't possess the necessary arm talent to make said throws so when you look at baker i think this is definitely um this i think he can use this as a building block i think he can definitely use this trade as a building block to something to something new but like i said even in carolina it's a new situation, but it's the same narrative that follows Baker, and it's the same reputation that follows Baker. The reputation, his reputation is his reputation. Even in a new setting, even in a new team, new roster, new players, his, his reputation is his reputation. And Baker, and in order for this thing to, like, work out in Carolina, right, Baker has to, the first step, 
he got to get his teammates to buy in. Because in Cleveland, the one thing he had going for him, like I said, the media, like myself, I was, I was, I was critiquing Baker. But the one misstep that Baker, the the, the one step that Baker really lost himself, is where his teammates didn't want to play for him. His teammates didn't even want, like his teammates didn't have, didn't want to have anything to do with him. And, hey, I told you guys about the OBJ thing. Odell Beckham was the prime example. I kept telling you guys, OBJ can play. OBJ can still play. OB, this Odell Beckham and Baker thing, it, it's not working. But OBJ can still play. OBJ, is he is he a 1,500-yard? Is, like, is he that guy that's going to get you 1,500 yards? Like he did in like like he was in New York. No, I don't think he's that guy. But I I still think OBJ, as I said, is a number two receiver on a really good championship team on a really good team. That's what he was for the Rams this past this past year. The second half of the year, that's what he was for the Rams. He was their number two guy. He was their decoy. He was a red zone option, and he thrived in that role. He can still play. Went down with another injury. I hope he get back. I hope he can bounce back. But I told you guys all along, OBJ can still play. But I told you the Odell, the Odell and Baker situation, that whole thing just never was going to work from the start. It was never going to work. I would, I, I opposed against that move when it first happened. And you guys can go back and listen to the episode. You guys can go back and listen to the episode on the timeline. I don't know exactly. Obviously, I don't know what, what episode exactly, but <laughs> there's about 300 of these things. <laughs> I've been doing this for three years now. But when the OBJ move happened, I was vehemently against the move, and I did not see it working. And I told you guys, even last year, I was like, OBJ can still play. I still think OBJ can still play. But Baker got hit. Baker got to get him the ball. Baker got to hit him. Baker got to Baker got to find him. Baker got to make the better reads. Baker got to make better reads. Baker got to be more accurate. Baker lost himself not because of what the critics were saying, not because of what I was saying, not because of what other media members were saying. Baker lost himself when his teammates stopped playing for him. When his teammates start plan start playing for him, and when his teammates was like, uh, when his teammates was turned off, that's where Baker made a mistake. That's what happened. Hopefully he can bounce back in Carolina. Hopefully he can bounce back in Carolina. Um, you know, it should be a pretty competitive battle, quarterback battle between him and Sam. But that's where Baker misplayed himself he lost his teammates he lost the locker room all right okay so so i'm gonna give you guys a treat i'm gonna give you guys a treat because you guys are due for this uh i'm gonna have i'm gonna display my top 10 nfl teams right now it's july you know we haven't even gotten into preseason but we're past the draft obviously we're past free agency obviously 
And now it's right before preseason. So I'm going to give you guys my my top 10 teams. You guys know throughout the regular season how serious I take my top 10 teams list. I take these lists pretty seriously, and I do a lot of homework. Um, I, I, I put this together. I'm pretty confident about it. Um, it, it was really difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. The, the first couple spots, like the 10-9 spot, could arguably have gone to a number of teams, like like seriously, a number of teams. Because a lot of a lot of teams that were pretty good last year got better. A lot of teams. So it, like especially my temp spot, trying to nail down my temp spot was very difficult because I thought there were a list about three, four, five teams that I thought could have been the temp spot. But this is what I'm going to go with for now. Like I said, this is just a little early. It's an early top 10 list right before preseason, but it's at, it's well after the draft and well after free agency. So without further ado, I'm going to get into it. I like, and like I said, you guys are due for this. So at 10, I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. I like I like the Josh McDaniels hire. Um, this obviously they pay, they they traded for arguably the, the best receiver in football and Devonte Adams this year, um, this past off season. Um, and think about it, this is a league where you have to have weapons. Like you 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 just have to be able to score points and you have to have weapons. I like the offensive mastermind that McDaniel's is. Their car is coming off of coming off a really, really good year, and it seems like he's starting to get a lot of recognition from people. Um, and then you just look at their – look at the offense. Look at the offensive weapons that they're going to have. Obviously, you're going to have Derek Conn on the center, center, but then you got Josh Jacobs. You got Devontae Adams. You got Waller. You got Hunter Renfro, who was a slot demon last year. And then also, you got a decent pass rush. You got a decent pass rush on, on, on defense. So they re-signed Max Crosby. And they went out and signed Chandler Jones, so you have a decent pass rush on the opposite uh, of the opposite side of each other. Um, and like I said, you look at this Ram, you look at this Raiders offensive core, and some of the pieces that they have, they look very, very formidable. They just play in a very tough division. But I got the Raiders at ten, at nine, I have the Cardinals. I'm not too. You guys know my thing on the Cardinals. They over the past couple of years, they've started off the season pretty hot, um, just like they did last year. They have started off the, the season really, really hot. Um, but in the last few years, in the tail end of the season, of the regular season, it kind of tapers off, and you know that 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 steam that they came into it kind of it just wears off. Um, I have I still have my co- my questions about Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, but they did improve. They got more explosive. Um, I thought. You know, I thought it was a smart move that they didn't pay uh, Christian Kirk all that money. Uh, they let him walk. They let him go to Jacksonville. But they got Hollywood. They got they got they got Hollywood Brown, who I think is a little bit more explosive and fits what he fits what they're trying to do um, vertically. So I like them. I like Hollywood Brown. Um, and they and they probably they probably drafted the best tight end in this draft. So I like the moves that. The Cardinals have made obviously, like I said, the second half of the year, it's very, very hard to like, you know, erase from people's minds. But I think coming into the year, 
the the Cardinals should be looked upon as a top ten team. Now, whether or not they stay there, and whether or not like you know that's the trend for them this upcoming year, we'll see. But I think looking at their roster, looking at what they were last year, and looking at what they have added, I'm gonna have to put them at nine. At eight, this is very difficult for me, but I'm gonna say the 49ers. Um, I love their culture and I love their coaching. That that like their their culture and their coaching is awesome. Uh, obviously, they have they have a lot of they have great talent on both sides of the football, but as I state again, this is an offensive league. They have a great offensive coach um, with a great offensive system. Um, I think Trey Lance can play. Now he this is this will be two years of preseason, two whole years of training camp and OTAs. Um, so we'll see what happens at the quarterback position. And this is why I was a little hesitant to put the 49ers a bit higher because I'm just not sure about the quarterback spot. But in terms of everything else surrounding the ingredients, the, the needed and the necessary ingredients to be a great team in this league, the 49ers have it. I, offensive line, D-line, um, they improved their secondary, which was probably their biggest that was the, that was definitely their biggest weakness last year was their secondary. They got Kansas City's top corner. Um, so I think the 49ers, like I said, they have all of the ingredients to be a great team especially surrounding their quarterback. They just got to figure – we got to figure out if Trey Lance can play. I think he can play. I think they'll figure out the Debo situation. But I think Trey Lance can play, and that's the big – that's really the big thing with the 49ers. We got to figure out who's at the quarterback spot. But the 49ers at eight. At seven, I had to pick the Chargers. I thought the Chargers last year, between the Chargers and the Colts, I thought it were the two best teams last year that did not make the playoffs. The Chargers in the offseason, they went out and signed the best DB on the market, J.C. Jackson. They went out and got Khalil Mack, opposite side of uh, of, of, of Joey Bosa. Um, I think that I like I like these acquisitions. They also drafted Zion Johnson, um, an interior offensive lineman, so he had help in the interior. They did a hell of a job with picking the left tackle last year. Um, now they they fixed they fit they fit and draft. Um, in an interior offensive lineman, and then obviously you got an emerging superstar at the quarterback position with Justin Herbert. So this Chargers roster, it, it, I think it's the matter of just staying healthy. Like honestly, I think it's the matter of staying healthy, um, and fitting these pieces in. The Chargers do not like talent; they don't like talent. But the second half of the year, they had some very head scratching losses, and a lot of that came to. Their defense, it came down to their defense just giving up a lot of points. Their defense gave up a lot of points, and some of that is because some of their guys banked up. Chargers got to find a way to stay healthy. If they, can fa- if they can find a way to stay healthy, I don't see why the Chargers cannot be a playoff team this year. At number six, I had the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they, the, their one biggest, biggest, biggest weakness was the offensive line where they fixed it. They um they improved their offensive line massively, I would say. Uh, they obviously they went out and signed Lionel Collins. They got Alice Kappa and Ted Kors. Um, also they added Hayden Hurst. So another he's he's not like obviously Hayden Hurst isn't like he's not the top he's not a top five tight end in football. But you look at the surrounding pieces like Cincinnati, they don't lack skill players. So you look at you know you obviously you got Jamar Chase and T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Hayden Hurst is just going to be 
he's just gonna be playing off of these guys, and he's gonna have a lot of good time. He's gonna have a lot of good matchups because defense is gonna be so keyed in on you know Jamar Chase and T Higgins and the other guys. They're gonna be so keyed in. Like I said, offensively, Cincinnati their one biggest flaw was not being able to protect Joe Burrow. They can now do that, and they now give him a, another second or two with these weapons. Cincinnati should be really good. Um, there, there could be some regression. That's why I got them at six, because there could be some regression. But granted, they won the AFC last year. Their biggest flaw was offensive line. They fixed it. They cleaned it up. They got a decent pass rush. And then you look at their division. Pittsburgh don't know who their quarterback is. They're going to be good defensively, but Pittsburgh don't know who their quarterback is. Cleveland, you know, Deshaun Watson situation, he, his his availability is still in the air. He could miss the entire season. And then Baltimore, we'll see what they get out of their wide receivers, and we'll see if Baltimore can stay healthy. So Cincinnati, they, you know, that division, I'm not going to say wide open, but there's a lot, there's some, there's some question marks that the other teams have to answer. So I got Cincinnati at six. At five, I got the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, Tom Brady comes back, obviously. Um, so Tom Brady comes back in a weaker NFC. Um, they added Shaq Mason. They also added Russell Gage. You look at Tampa Bay's receiver room. It's it, it's it's not old, but they have a lot of experience and a lot of talent. They got a deep receiver room. So I think Tampa Bay, looking at the the the, the NFC that has gotten weaker. Um, over the past year or over the past two years, the, the NFC has gotten weaker. Um, so they don't have they don't have as many toughies, um, don't have as many tough games on schedule. Uh, they'd be able to they'd be able to a little bit they'd be able to cruise a bit. Um, I think in also looking at the, their division, kind of similar with you know with, with with Cincinnati. There's a lot of question marks in that NFC South. Like you know who's quarterback for Carolina? Is Carolina going to improve drastically? Atlanta, what is Atlanta going to do? And then you look at New Orleans, like how how does New Orleans bounce back from next year for like from last year? How does Dennis Allen look as a head coach? Um, still, you know, some question marks in that division. So Tampa, it's definitely the favorite in Tampa. I got Tampa at five. I think it makes sense. Um, at number four, I have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. Now I, I'm I'm a little hesitant with it because. Like I said, their division, this AFC West, as you can tell, um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, and honestly, I'm gonna give it away. All four AFC West teams made the top ten because um, I think the AFC West is that good. But Kansas City, I, obviously, as I as I have talked about, even when the Tyreek Hill trade occurred, I said, "Hey, you can't duplicate what Tyreek Hill brings to the game." You can't duplicate that. Like his speed can't be duplicated. Like the the mere fact that he's able to outrun fast guys, you cannot duplicate that. But you can his production can be matched in other areas. And th- I think Kansas City they went out and added Juju Smith-Schuster. I like him. Um he's a guy that can he can do it all. He can really do it all. I, I think some of his antics kind of get in the way of his game. But if you look back, he's not a one, but he's more of a two or a three where he can he can be on the outside. You can line him up on the outside. You can line him up in the slop. He's a really good route runner. He's a tough kid. I think I think that's a really nice acquisition for Kansas City. I also like the they drafted a kid, Sky Moore. I really like him. I also like uh, Valdez Scanley. I like some of the pieces that 
Kansas City added offensively, like I said, you just can't duplicate what Tyreek Hill does. But his his production can be replaced in other areas. Two, three other guys can fulfill that production. Um, but I think there's certainly going to be a learning curve with the, with Kansas City. But still, in their division, they have the best coach and the best quarterback. I'm going to roll with that Kansas City at four. But I give the slight edge to the Denver Broncos at three. They probably are the most improved team this year. They added, look at, just simply look at what they did to their defensive line. They added Randy Gregory. They added Nick Benatino. They added DJ Davis. Uh, and Nick Benatino, he's from OU. And they drafted a tight end to replace Noah Fant. So just simply based off the fact, with the, look at what they did to their defensive line. They went out and they improved their defensive line through the draft from free agency. And, and they're bringing back Bradley Chubb. So Bradley Chubb's going to be back in the mix. Denver is very, very formidable defensively. Obviously, we can talk about, you know, obviously they added Russell Wilson. They have pieces on offense. We know what they're going to do offensively. But defensively, I think Denver could really separate themselves from a team like Kansas City, where Kansas City, they have lost some important defensive pieces, such as like a Tyron Matthew. Um, Denver, they're loaded on defense from from front seven to secondary, they're loaded. I really like the problems that Denver can possess for a lot of teams. Um, like I said, Denver usually starts off the season really hot. So I know a lot of people are worried about, well, Russell Wilson has learned a new system. Well, he doesn't. It's a uh, this uh, Nathaniel Hackett he used a similar system that um, Schottenheimer used in Seattle. So it's 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 similar verbiage. Um, it's similar stuff that they've run, but I think I think Russell Wilson will fit right in. I think Denver Denver don't lose at home games in September. Like in September and October, Denver at De trying to beat Denver at Denver is virtually impossible. So I think this is a team that could really start the season off really hot, um, and they can be good week one. Like I think they have the ability to be good week one. So I got the Broncos at three. At two. I have the Rams. I think they signed all of the right pieces, and I think they have gotten better. Um, they went out, they went out and added to their weakness, uh, or made their weakness better. I guess uh, the, the the weakest part of their team was probably their linebacking core. They went out and signed Bobby Wagner, and then Allen Robinson. They you know they obviously moved off of Robert Woods and they put in Allen Robinson, so they they upgraded. They got they got two upgrades at the linebacker position and at the receiver position. They can still go out and sign OBJ um, at some point. Um, I just think the Rams, it's similar to kind of, kind of similar to San Francisco, coaching culture. I love their coaching. I love their culture. The Rams for years have hit on the draft. Um, they have just made all of the right pieces and all, I mean all of the right decisions in terms of free agency, paying certain guys, moving off of certain guys when they have to. I just think the Rams offense, defense, coaching, intangibles, I just think they're one of the two best teams in football. And then I got the Bills at one. Similar to the Rams, where I feel like they have they have the two best teams in football. In terms, in terms of offense, defense, coaching, intangibles, the total package. 
I think the Bills and the Rams both respectfully have they, they're the best in the in the NFL right now. Like I said, this is this is a little early, but I think these are the two best teams in terms of encapsulating everything. The Bills, they went out, they did a, they did a hell of a job in the draft. They also was active in free agency. They obviously they made the big time signing of Von Miller. They added OJ Howard and they added Jameson Crowder. So you got playmakers. They added playmakers on both sides of the ball. They were 13 seconds away from beating Kansas City and advancing to the to the AFC Championship game. I look at this Bills team. I thought they were the best team in the AFC last year. I argue there's a great argument to be made or to be had that they're probably the best team in, in the NFL this year. So I'm expecting big things from the Bills. But honestly, if you look at the top two, between the Bills and the Rams, I think collectively there's not a lot of – like I don't think the Bills are that much better than the Rams. I think they're slightly better than the Rams. But I think these are definitely the two of the – two of the best teams in football where I think they kind of separate themselves from the rest. I do. I do. I think they're there. These are the two elite teams in football. I think I'm comfortable enough to say that these are two of the elite teams in football coming into the year. Now, like I said, I, I, my, uh, my my like my top five. We got to see how Kansas City defense looks. We we have to see if the Chargers talent can stay healthy. We have to see. Um, in terms of Denver, we got to see, you know, the, the the new pieces come into play. So that th- those are still questions. But in terms of Buffalo and the Rams, I think, like I said, in terms of the total package, off looking at the offensive pack, looking at the offense, looking at the defense, intangibles, coaching, culture, I think it really comes down to those to the to these two teams being the class and the cream of the crop of the NFL. So these are my that's my top 10 teams. It's early, but my top 10 teams in July. Kind of weird to say, right? <laughs> top 10 teams in July. But these are my top 10 teams in July. I think like I said, the Bills, the Rams, I'm really high on both teams. I th- I'm 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 excited. As you can tell, you can probably hear it. I'm very, very excited about the NFL season this year. But these are my top 10 teams. All right, so I think I'm going to wrap this bad boy up today. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, I, we had a pretty good pod. I only got, I only did two segments. But I I wanted to get to some other topics. But I, I think they should be – I don't want you guys to have to wait for really good topics throughout you know a long episode so i'm gonna I'm just i'm gonna make another episode um uh, I'm, I'm a pod again really soon and drop another episode with some um with some donovan mitchell news some kevin durant news and so forth and you guys my take and opinion on that there's also some other breaking news throughout the nba as well and you know in terms of free agency so um i i'm gonna I'm I'm just wrap this bad boy up uh, I think we got. I, I'm I'm glad that I was able to list my top ten teams in July. Like I said, it's, it's only in July, but I'm glad I'm, I was able to list my top ten teams. Um, so you guys got a sense of idea where how I'm feeling about certain teams so far this year. Um, even before the year the season starts. Uh, and then I talked about Baker. Uh, so like I said, I'm gonna wrap it up. 
But I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, come back. Please do. Please, please, please. I appreciate everybody supporting. Um, podcast numbers are doing pretty well, so I, I appreciate that. But without further ado, I'll let you guys go. Always remember two choices, one decision. I'm on. I'm gone. Peace out. Deuces.